Hello and welcome to this audio recording detailing the current treatments which are being trialled for long COVID. I'm Katrina Pears, the research correspondent for the EMI Association. It is predicted that 10% of people who are infected with COVID fail to fully recover and develop what is being called long COVID. But currently, the diagnosis is made three months or more after the infection, where symptoms are still experienced as well as being functionally impaired. There are a number of studies showing the striking resemblance between long COVID and ME-CFS. However, differences do exist between the two conditions, such as symptoms are more common with long COVID are shortness of breath, and or cough, loss or change of taste and smell. The ME Association takes the view that long COVID and ME-CFS are both examples of serious and debilitating conditions that can follow any type of viral infection. This research summary reviews what we currently know about the treatments which are being investigated for long COVID. We have contacted each of the researchers, but to date we have no current updates available. The first study being looked at is apheresis, with the lead researcher Dr. Beat Jaeger, and this study is being conducted in Germany. Apheresis is probably the most well-known treatment being researched for long COVID, following articles in The Guardian and on the BBC News. Following these two articles, the ME Association has previously reported this treatment option in October 2021. Apheresis is based on the fact that long COVID can cause blood clots, microclots, and damages the lining of small blood vessels. And this may be the causative factor in long COVID. Furthermore, the blood clots can block microcapillaries which inhibit oxygen exchange, leading to a range of symptoms experienced in long COVID. To date, there has been reported success in Germany with the use of apheresis. The apheresis technique essentially involves a dialysis-style treatment where microclots and inflammatory molecules can be filtered out. The apheresis treatment has been around for almost 40 years and is commonly used in patients with high cholesterol and coronary artery disease. The lead researcher, Dr. Beat Jaeger, has a website information page, but this does not give away much more information. The results of the apheresis treatment need to be verified but it is reported that this technique has helped over 100 patients so far. In a similar way to the reported success of the pharesis treatment in removing microclots, studies have shown that treatments such as antiplatelet and anticoagulation could be beneficial. The preprint paper by Pretorius et al. reports that patients' main symptoms of fatigue resolve as well as decrease in microclots with this treatment. However, this study throws caution to the use of antiplatelet and anticoagulation treatments 
which should only be taken under strict and qualified medical guidance due to the dangers of bleeding. There have been previous studies on the use of immunoabsorption, which is a selective apharesis method for ME-CFS patients. These studies have reduced neurotransmitter receptor antibodies in the blood, resulting in improvement in symptoms. All of these studies are small, at most using 10 ME-CFS patients. Therefore, evidence is lacking of the effectiveness of the apheresis as a treatment option. The second treatment I'm going to talk about is AXA1125. This uh, research is being led by Dr. Betty Ranham. The study location for this research is Oxford Centre for Clinical Magnetic Research based at John Radcliffe Hospital. We reported this new development in long COVID treatment back in November 2022, where the AXA1125 drug is being trialled with 40 long COVID patients. This drug targets muscle weakness and fatigue by targeting mitochondrial dysfunction. The trial consists of patients either receiving 67.8 grams of the drug or a placebo for 28 days. It is currently thought that COVID-19 virus attacks the mitochondria in the cells, leaving them damaged. COVID-19 patients have also been found to have lactic acid building up in their muscles, pointing to further evidence for mitochondrial dysfunction. It is thought that mitochondrial dysfunction is a contributing factor for fatigue experienced. It is hoped that AXA1125 can help to normalise the mitochondrial function. The AXA1125 is an oral drug which was developed to treat liver disease by the biotech company Axelia. It consists of six amino acids and an amino acid derivative that works via multiple biological pathways. The amino acids can promote glucose uptake, increase insulin sensitivity and decrease lipotoxicity. This drug has already been shown to have a number of potential uses such as increasing fatty acid oxidation, ATP production, ketogenesis and mitochondria bioenergetics. There isn't currently any data available from this trial on the current effectiveness and no results have been published yet. Results are expected in mid-2022. The trial will mostly look at the variations in photocreatine, PCR, which serves as the rapidly mobilised energy reserve. Secondly, outcomes which will be measured by the trial, which will look at lactate levels, fatigue scores, a test walk for six minutes, as well as safety and tolerability. This trial offers hope for ME-CFS sufferers, as mitochondrial dysfunction is commonly reported in research studies. We will have a list of these research studies in our index of published research on page 60. Therefore, if AXA1125 drug 
can target cell energy production, it could help make way for treatments for ME-CFS sufferers. Dr Shepherd has been in contact with Dr Rahman, who is well aware of the overlaps between long COVID and ME-CFS, as well as Dr Shepherd has been in contact about the possibility of including a cohort of people with ME-CFS in this clinical trial. The third treatment option which is being investigated for long COVID is probiotics. The lead researcher for this is Professor Robert Thomas. This research trial is being conducted across multiple study locations including Cambridge University Hospitals, Bedford Hospitals and Bedford University. This is another UK-based study aiming at tackling another commonly reported problem in long COVID, dysbiosis, which is the reduction in microbial density and an unbalance of the ratio of friendly to unfriendly bacteria in the gut. This unbalance causes a range of gastrointestinal symptoms like nausea, indigestion and diarrhea. Studies so far have shown that GI symptoms can persist over five months after a COVID infection. Pacific blends of probiotics have been trialled in a year-long investigation in what is called the UK Phyton V study. The study tests the use of two capsules a day. One of these contains a phytochemical rich food and the other is a probiotic. The test is for 30 days on 126 people who have had an acute COVID infection and symptoms lasting over the last 100 days. The probiotics tested consist of five different gut-friendly bacteria belonging to the lactobacillus family with chicory-rich inulin. Inulin is an important part of the blend as it is a prebiotic which helps feed lactobacillus in the capsule and other friendly bacteria in the gut. The probiotics used in this study were of the brand Yogurt Plus. Furthermore, studies have already shown that taking probiotics frequently reduces the risk of catching COVID. This trial on probiotics shows that probiotics can lead to improvements in fatigue, gut health, cough and general well-being, with gut symptoms improving in 82%. The preliminary results from this study have been published in a peer-reviewed journal. Probiotics are thought to help in a number of ways, For example, they encourage gut colonisation of anti-inflammatory strains of bacteria, encourage the breakdown of poorly digestible carbohydrates, provide sources of energy to the gut bacteria and break down polyphenols which lower systematic inflammation. The next stages of the study will be to look at whether phytochemical rich whole food supplements will further enhance the benefits seen. The research group also hoped to evaluate whether Yogurt Plus could also enhance antibody presence and levels of antibodies post-COVID vaccination. Another research group based in Italy has also shown promising results from the use of probiotics, with probiotics reducing fatigue, especially during hospitalisation. Other published studies have reviewed the current evidence of the use of probiotics.
This study reviewed five other research studies finding a role for probiotics in viral infections and reducing the severity of COVID. GI symptoms are also very common in ME-CFS and studies have frequently looked at the role of gut microbiota in ME-CFS. Studies commonly report, for example, altered microbiomes, reduced microbial dysbiosis, which is decreased microbial density, greater gut heterogeneity of microbes and increased gut permeability. However, the role of the gut in disease remains unclear and it is not known whether the changes in microbiome cause ME-CFS or whether these changes are caused by patients being ill. As many people with ME-CFS change their diet, for example, due to increased food intolerances or a change in the ability to cook decreases food diversity. Probiotics have been studied for treating GI symptoms and irritable bowel symptoms in ME-CFS patients, with many patients reporting improvements in gut-related symptoms. However, the current evidence relating to probiotic interventions in treating other ME-CFS symptoms remains poor and limited. I am in two minds about the use of probiotics in ME-CFS as if probiotics were the answer to resolving all ME-CFS symptoms, then there would have been more studies showing positive results. However, it's important to note that the gut is a hugely important part of the immune system. Therefore, it's likely that the role of the gut has not been fully resolved in these studies. In the last bit of this research study, I'm just going to briefly talk about the other trials and case reports on long COVID treatments. There have been a range of other small scale studies and case reports which I came across in writing this article. I'm just going to give a brief summary of these. The first one is BC007, which is a German drug being trialled which has been reported to successfully fully cure one long COVID patients with two on the road to recovery. There's also been a report written on whether this drug can help ME-CFS patients. The next uh, small case study I have come across is pulsed electric magnetic field therapy, which has been used to penetrate body tissues, allowing improvements in physical symptoms. The next treatment is trigger point injections and dry needling. This technique is very similar to acupuncture and has been shown to help manage myalgia symptoms which is pain and muscle ache due to long COVID. Another trial is a repurposed drug trial and this is another UK based study and it is waiting approval. The study is being conducted by Professor Amita Banjari at the University of College London. This trial will look at drugs such as antihistamines and aspirin. Furthermore, it's been shown that some long COVID sufferers have developed mass cell activation syndrome, where the body releases too much histamine. Therefore, antihistamines would be appropriate. There's also been a lot of evidence for the use of antihistamines, which are highly accessible therapy. 
There has been an easily understandable news article published which explains why they might be helpful. There's also been two published research papers on this topic. One is a case report showing that two patients have reported rapidly improving symptoms. The other study reporting antihistamines uses 49 long COVID patients. The last bit of this roundup is about Hill COVID. And this is a national trial which has been set up to compare the different treatments to determine whether they can improve the longer term outcomes for patients who have been hospitalised due to COVID. And this is called Hill COVID. The trial involves a number of different organisations, including the University of Cambridge, the University of Liverpool. Although it's important to note this only focuses on patients which have been in hospital, while the vast majority that have persistent symptoms have not been in hospital. Patients have been recruited for this trial shortly after they've been discharged and will randomly receive several different treatments. Patients will either receive apixaban, which is an anticoagulant or blood thinner treatment, which will be taken twice a day for two weeks, or receive atorvastatin, which is a statin with anti-inflammatory properties, once a day for 12 months, or they'll receive the usual standard care offered by their hospital as appropriate for their symptoms and conditions. Thank you for listening to this research summary on what treatments are being trialled for long COVID.